Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see. Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now 1 800 529 KBOI or 336 3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show and, uh, Thank you for listening. I am live in studio this week. Uh, thank you for letting me take last week off. I had a great uh, weekend with my wife. It was my 20-year anniversary, which was really awesome. I got to spend some time up in McCall, and uh, I almost I almost thought I found morels, but they weren't morels. They're mushrooms. <laughs> I almost thought I found some, but we didn't. We, they, were, they were false morels. And, and, uh, so we didn't eat them, so we didn't get sick. Uh, luckily, uh, we, I wasn't sure. So I, d- I double checked, but anyway, uh, I had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the show. We had a pre-recorded show we had last week and, uh, we got a few things uh, to talk about today. Actually, I have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, but as always, if you have something that's going on out in your lawn or garden, something you're seeing out there, you want to ask about or want to inquire about, give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. First couple things uh, here I was thinking about, um, you know, it's we got hot this week. It was, I mean, I think we got up into the hundreds or at least really close to it if we didn't get all the way there. And uh, that that changes a lot of things when it comes to the lawn landscape. So we got a handful. I got a few things to talk about there. We also uh, seeing lots of different bugs showing up in the landscape and in the garden. So uh, in particular, we've got the uh, peach twig borer. We got a pest alert uh, came through uh, for peach twig borers. Uh, so there's if you've got uh, peach trees, it might be something you want to hang around for to hear about. And uh, one thing, a few things I noticed uh, driving around a little bit was uh, a lot of the uh, cheat grass. You know, the cheat grass is the grass that grows up in the foothills. It's an annual grass and it dies when it gets hot. When the cheat grass is dying, that also means it's time for the annual bluegrass to die in the lawn. So um, that's one of the things that can contribute to dead spots in the lawn. But we'll get into some of those things as well as other lawn bugs and some other bugs that you might be dealing with in your trees and shrubs. But uh, the other thing I might we we might get into a little bit, and I we'll, we'll cover this a little bit. But um, I noticed when I was driving uh, back from McCall, I didn't quite notice it uh, driving up there. But uh, on the way back, I noticed the river was very low, and I was kind of worried about it. So. Uh, we might talk about some water conservation uh, when it comes to that. I think it might be a subject we end up covering quite a bit this summer because I think a lot of people are asking about it. It's something that we want to be concerned with and have a plan for. So we'll get into some of that as well. But again, if you have any questions, please give me a call, 208-336-3700 
or 1-800-529-KBOI. I'd love to get a chance to talk to you and help you out with anything that you might be going on. So let's get into this heat. Um, it definitely got warm this weekend or this last week. Um, temperatures reaching up. looks like it's going to dip down and then probably going to heat up again. So there's a lot of changes that you start to notice in the lawn. Particularly, you just start to notice dead spots. And these are going to be spots that, you know, you can't contribute to like the dog going to the bathroom or, uh, you know, the sprinkler is not quite hitting it. And sometimes it might be that sprinkler is not quite hitting it, but we'll get into some of that as as well. But the heat changes a lot of things. So we want to, uh, we want to start making some adjustments. There's some things that you want to start doing to really help your lawn and your landscape and in your garden uh, compete or deal with this heat and be ready for it as we get into this time of year where we're going to have an extended amount of time with a lot of heat. So the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to the lawn, um, I mentioned the annual grass is dying. So when you drive you know, down the freeway or you just take a look at the foothills, you'll start to notice all the that green uh, growth that we would see typically in the spring is going to start turning brown. And that a lot of that is your, your cheat grass. Cheat grass is that annual grass. It's the one when you walk through the foothills or, you know, you're walking around somewhere and you get all those little seed heads stuck in your socks. That's cheat grass. That's the grass that produces those seeds. And they contribute a lot to the fires that we'll tend to have in the area. And, and it's just not, uh, you know, it's, it's not fun. It's not a great one to have around. It's definitely a weed doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose for us, unfortunately. Um, but annual bluegrass is also in that annual weed uh, that gets into lawns. And it's it's usually in just about everyone's lawn. I mean, unless you've taken really uh, specific steps to get at, get it out of the lawn, chances are you've got a, some patches of annual bluegrass. And I was actually helping a customer uh, yesterday. I went and did a lawn call for him. And uh, there was a lot of uh, areas that we're dying off and, and, and you can tell the difference between, you know, the regular lawn, the main thing you're, you're going to notice with, uh, if you've got a patch of annual bluegrass, you're going to notice a lot of seed heads. Now, sometimes those seed heads can be your Kentucky bluegrass. And that is kind of the big, big distinction. If you see those seed heads and the grass isn't dying with the heat, uh, then it's probably just your normal Kentucky bluegrass lawn and you're, you're fine. Nothing, nothing there is wrong. But if you're noticing those seed heads and right now it's starting to turn brown and it's starting to die, that is that annual bluegrass finishing its life cycle. It only lives for one year and every year in the summer it's going to die. And what uh, in in this particular customer's case, what uh, a lot of times will happen is one year, say we get a bug or we get a disease and it kills off a big section of the lawn or even a smaller section of the lawn. You know, it kills that off and that grass dies. Well, because we usually have annual bluegrass in the lawn and it seeds itself very profusely, it will fill in those spots. And what tends to happen is that lawn will die, that bluegrass will fill in and start to grow again once it starts to cool off again. So a lot of times it looks like the spot recovered or it came back. And sometimes it actually, the grass died and what filled in was that annual bluegrass. And so we end up getting into this cycle where Every year, around the same time, you get a big dead spot in the lawn. It's because that annual bluegrass is really filled in that spot, and it tends to get uh, diagnosed as other problems where we had a bug issue one year. The next year, sometimes it's that annual bluegrass, and because they happen at a similar time, uh, it often will continue to be thought of as a bill, a bill bug or a chinch bug even. And so we, we, we apply the grub control or the chinch bug control and we apply that and then, you know, the grass comes back again. So we can, we kind of, you kind of get into this cycle where the, the, 
bluegrass, the annual bluegrass, just continues to proliferate throughout the lawn, and it gets bigger and bigger spots. So it's important to identify as quickly as you can. And as I mentioned, a lot of times it gets diagnosed as bug issues. So you really want to make take some time and get out there and, and double check that uh, if you've had a bug problem in the past and you dealt with it and you're seeing the same thing come up again, you really want to make sure that you get down into the lawn, dig some of that area out and look for those grubs down in the soil because the grubs are what are what's eating the grass. The chinch bugs are a little bit harder to find out, but typically what you can do is, you know, cut a little bit of the grass that's kind of not looking so good. Take a little bit of it out, have a little, uh, even just a white piece of paper or some some sort of container or something, and just tap the grass over that white piece of paper or into that container. And a lot of times you'll shake some of those little chinch bugs out, and you'll see them crawling around. And those guys are just eating away, killing up that grass. So you want to really make sure you get a good check on those uh, to check for bill bugs. Uh, you know, the classic thing is to grab some of that lawn and pull it up. And if it comes up easy, like it doesn't have any roots, then that's a good indication that it might be bill bugs. There's some other things that could be there, but you really want to do some excavating and find the grubs because you'll see the little grubs are about a, about a quarter of an inch. They're white. They have a little brown head, look super gross. And they're down there just eating the lawn. So you want to really find those. And once you found them, then we know how to proceed. We can go that direction. If you're not seeing any of those things, then it's a chance that you might have some annual bluegrass that's dying off. The only way to really fix that is to get some new seed down there, which is a difficult proposition this time of year, but it's not impossible. Um, and it's uh, there's always a chance that you might have a disease as well. Diseases will show up in the summer, and it seems weird. We usually associate those with rain and cooler weathers, but there are uh, Ascochita leaf bite or uh, I think as Chris calls it, Askakaita. I don't know which one's pronounced correctly. We'll just call it leaf blight. Uh, but that shows up when it gets hot. So, and, and that one will show up very quickly. So there's a couple of differences that you can, uh, a couple of different things that we just tend to deal with from year to year, and they will show up, and right now is the time where they're going to show up. So, okay, hey, if you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. We're going to go to a quick break, but you can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we'll be right back. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670-KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and if you haven't already done so, feeding your lawn with Zamzo's Lawn Food is essential for its good health. That's because every lawn needs balanced nutrients to stay healthy and for Humagreen, which is step three of our Zamzo's Lawn Program, to properly work. Plus, having a healthy lawn helps it recover from fungus and fight off insects which target weak, stressed-out lawns. Remember, you can buy Zamzo's Lawn Food one bag at a time or as part of our lawn program. So if it's been six weeks since you last fed your lawn, it's time. Oh, and proper mowing and watering is a must. Set your mower height to four inches and make sure your sprinklers are delivering one inch of water every three to five days. And if you see a problem, bring us a turf sample showing where the good lawn turns to bad. We'll analyze it for free and help solve whatever's going on. So come see us, because since 1933, when it comes to healthy green lawns, even in the heat of summer, nobody knows like Samsos. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on 670-KBOI. All right, we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. And if you uh, 
are listening. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're talking about uh, some things that are starting to going to start showing up in the lawn, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. If you have something that you would like to ask, could be you know any subject for their lawn garden or you know pets. If you got something a question about your pets, I'd be happy to answer that for you as well. Give me a call 208-336-3700 or one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. It is a beautiful day. It was a really nice week. Sometimes I'm not super big fan of the heat. Uh, being from Portland, you know, we didn't we didn't have a long time typically with a lot of heat, but uh, you know, I've grown accustomed to it. I, my web feet have dried out well enough, so uh, I, I I do enjoy it now. Uh, not something I always cared for, but uh, it, there's some things we got to think about when it comes to the lawn and how we treat our gardens and our landscapes. So I want to talk. We were talking about bugs, so we're starting to see a lot of those things show up. And uh, the other thing that we really need to consider. And uh, I think I mentioned, we'll, we'll probably talk about this a few times throughout the, uh, the summer, because I think it's uh, a topic uh, on a lot of folks mind is, is water and watering is something that um, is a kind of, a, it, it seems like it's a consistent, it's something that we, we tend to talk about quite a bit. And it's something that uh, I don't think uh, it's it's a difficult subject to talk about because there's a lot of variation in from house to house and from system to system and it's not a, we're not always sure how exactly to do it right. So I want to talk a little bit about that because right now as it's getting warmer, you you really should be adjusting that. And I have uh, always been a big proponent of you want to water for a long time. You want to water for uh, uh, get soil saturation. You want to water for a, a long time. Uh, usually I water my lawn in the shadier spots. I'm watering for about 30 to 40 minutes in the sunnier spots where I've got gear driven sprinklers. I'm usually going, uh, for around 60 to even 80 minutes in the summer. But the big caveat here is I don't do that every day or every other day. I'm only doing that to every, uh, every two to three days. So I might only water that way two or three times a week. And that's a big adjustment for a lot of people. A lot of people, uh, don't think that that works, and it, but it does. And there's a couple of reasons why it works. The main thing, if you're watering for a shorter amount of time, a lot of the water is getting lost to evaporation. Let's say you're watering for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, that water, some, a lot of that water is going to get lost to evaporation. And even if you're watering for a longer time, some of the water gets lost to evaporation. But also, you're not getting an, a very much water out there, and it's never going very deep into the soil. So you're only getting that water into, say, the first uh, half inch of that soil. Well, if the soil is dry below that, the roots of your grass don't want to go down in further into that soil because there's no water there. There's no resource for it to grow into that area, so it can't push into it, and there's no reason for it to do so. So the roots stay very shallow, and what that ends up causing is a lot of your bug and your disease and your weed issues. You start to, the, the lawn becomes stressed out because it's just relying on this very thin layer of water at the top of the soil, and it can't uh, sustain that for very long. And so, and especially when you get a bug or a disease, it doesn't have the resource to combat that and deal with it. And so it ends up dying or getting damaged very quickly and very fast. And it can be very uh, broad. It can go out through the lawn very quickly, all the way out through the lawn. So there's, and there's nothing to stop that. So you really want to water for a longer amount of time, at least like start off with just 30 minutes. Uh, you know, just try 30 minutes or 40 minutes and do that every other day. You know, just try that out for a minute. And what you're going to see is that the water is going to go deeper into the soil. The grass types that we grow here in the Treasure Valley 
are what are called cool season grasses. And cool season grasses like uh, perennial rye grass and the fescue in particular, those can grow roots up to two feet or down to two feet into the soil. So they can grow roots very deep into our soils. And if the water is getting further and further into that soil, it has a reason to push that root growth down into it. You want to think about that lawn like a big old sponge, just soaking up all sorts of water, and it'll hold on to it for a very long time. And if those roots can go down and find water, they're going to keep growing in. So they'll actually be able to water feed or, or drink, I should say, for a longer amount of time. So you can condition the lawn to grow deep roots, so that you can water for a fair amount of time, get it saturated, and then let it go. And over time, uh, really over just a few weeks or so, you can really work that grass so that you don't have to water very often. You could even, some people uh, will even water for, you know, an hour and not water for the rest of the week. Now, it takes some time to get to that point. you got to work to that. But it is possible, and it is the ideal way to water the lawn. Uh, because you just give it time to dry dry out and you're not using as much water and you're not losing as much water to evaporation. More of that water is getting into the soil where the soil can hold on to it and keep it from getting moved around. So try that out. Adjust your sprinklers. That's the other thing you want to do too is uh, as we get the, this warm spell, uh, turn on the sprinklers and walk, walk each zone. Watch, Look for each sprinkler. Uh, look for those dry spots. Dry spots are going to start showing up. Um, you'll notice you might see a little bit of a gray or a dark kind of color variation to the lawn. A lot of times if you're kind of standing away from the lawn, you, you, sometimes you won't see it if you're right up on it. But if you kind of stand away and you kind of look at the lawn, you'll see that little bit of contrast. And it's going to start to turn dark or even kind of a silvery look. And that is the first symptom, the first sign that you are uh, the grass is water stressed. So you want to watch out for that. And once you start to see that, you want to start to do some investigating. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We're talking about lawns right now, but we can absolutely talk about anything else that you might be wondering about in the lawn or garden. We're going to get into some uh, bug controls for your peach trees and apple trees as well as uh, feeding your garden because we're getting into the heat and the garden's going to want to start growing like crazy so we'll get into some of those things if you want to uh, but again with your when you're when you're adjusting those sprinklers you want to make sure that you're getting good head-to-head -head coverage the other thing you want to look for is make sure that the sprinklers are high enough when they pop up you want to make sure that that jet or the spray is covering the full area if it's hitting some grass or you notice it's kind of sitting cattywampus and not at the you know a good 90 degree angle you can actually adjust those pretty easily all you need is a shovel and you're just going to dig it up a little bit you don't want to really jump on that shovel you don't want to uh, cut the the actual pipe uh, but just gently cut a circle around that sprinkler head you can pull that big chunk of grass out pull the the head up a little bit higher push some nor some soil down in there so it stays up there and you can actually put that piece of grass right back on top of it and that grass will recover, and now your sprinkler head's going up uh, high as, uh, to the correct height. And if you're in a house that's been there for a while, it's pretty common for the, the grass and the soil to kind of, uh, it doesn't rise, but the sprinkler heads kind of go get, end up getting pushed down a little bit further. So adjusting those uh, from year to year will uh, 
really help out. Uh, we got a phone call here from Tara's having a hard time passing me the name here. Good job, Tara. Thank you. <laughs> Looks like we got a phone call from Mike in Caldwell. Mike, how's it going? How can I help you today? Yeah, I had a, well, good morning, first of all. Yeah, good morning. Uh, we had a tree removed um, uh, a week ago. Yeah. And they brought they brought a big backhoe in to take care of the brush and the, and the big wood. Yeah. And they left big ruts in my yard. Yeah. Um, is now the time to fill them in with dirt and reseed them? Or do I just need to fill them in with dirt and water them? So did it um, did it just push the soil in, or did it actually like tear up the grass? Like you oh, said, is it, it just, just down? Mashed, it messed it down really bad. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you can you can feel the ruts where yeah. the tires went back and forth. But, gotcha. Um, so you can, um, yeah, you can actually raise that up. Um, you know, you you, you kind of can't do it all at once. So if it didn't like actually tear it up, so where like the grass is gone and you just have soil there, the grass will recover just fine. It'll grow up in there. But a really easy way to do that is get uh, get a little bit of topsoil. If it's a large area, you might want to get it in bulk. We have bulk at uh, most of our uh, our larger stores, bulk topsoil. And just get a, a thin layer of that topsoil over the grass. You probably don't want to go more than, really no more than half an inch or so. And you can just put it in that rut right over the top of the grass and then water it in. And that, that water will help settle that soil down further into it. And that will actually start to raise it back up and uh, will get you back into, into, into place. Um, and you just, you just can't do it all at once because if you put too much soil on top of that grass, you can kill it. Which is, you know, if you wanted to reseed, you can absolutely do that as well. Now's not uh, probably the most ideal time to do some reseeding just because of the heat, but uh, it's not impossible. You can do it. The main thing is you just got to make sure that that seed stays wet throughout the day. So you might need to water it two to three times uh, for a short amount of time just to make sure that seed stays wet and germinates. Oh, I think we lost you, Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, if you uh, get a chance and you want to give us a call back, you can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and many of our 13 Zamzos have customers bringing in insects that look like tiny alligators with black and orange markings, kind of like a weird Oregon State fan. Well, if you see insects that look like that on the leaves of your plants, please don't kill them. They could be ladybug larvae. In fact, ladybug larvae eat aphids as soon as they hatch, and an adult ladybug can eat 50 aphids per day. At Zamzos, we're having difficulty even keeping ladybugs in stock. So if you have ladybug larvae or adult ladybugs on your plants, avoid spraying that area if you can. And if you have other insects eating your plants, Zamzos has a specific cure for that particular bug that oftentimes won't harm other insects, such as BT for geranium budworms. But when it comes to aphids, sometimes it's war, and you may be way outnumbered and have to use rescue chemistry. So before you spray and harm the good bugs, come see us at Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you, including Overland, just east of Eagle Road. Nobody knows like Zamzos. 
broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are 677-KDOI. All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and it's a beautiful day outside, so I'm sure everybody's, I uh, hope you're getting a chance to enjoy it and do a little bit of yard work and take care of the garden, mow the lawn, spray some weeds or... Take care of the weeds, however you like to do that. Getting rid of some bugs. There's lots of stuff we can do out in the lawn and garden right now. So if you have any questions, anything you'd like to ask about, you can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. Those phone lines are open. We'll get to your calls right away and answer them for you. Uh, so we've been talking about lawns and watering and some of the things that are going to start changing uh, as we uh, get into the summer heat. Uh, but wanted to transition a little bit into uh, some uh, fruit tree situations. We're gonna we're getting to that time of year where you know our fruit trees have all they've all done their bloom they've all done that sort of that part of their life and they're set fruit and uh, we're getting ready hopefully to reap those benefits and have some fruit here in a couple months. Uh, but a few things are going to start showing up right now. So one thing was uh, we uh, got a, a peach twig borer alert, which means. Uh, there's starting. They're starting to see activity of the peach twig borer. So if you've got a peach or even a nectarine, these guys are going to get into either one of those things. Any of your uh, stone fruits, any of your pit fruits that uh, uh, you might have in your backyard will start to see peach uh, twig borer. So it's a good time to start spraying or having some sort of plan in place to start taking care of those guys. Uh, what the, they are actually uh, a moth. It's a very small moth. You, Barely will even notice them, but they'll lay their eggs up in the tree and uh, they hatch out into a really small little caterpillar. And those caterpillars will usually feed on the twigs. They'll even bore into the twigs. Sometimes they can get into the fruit, but typically you're worried about those peach twig borers getting into the actual limbs of the tree because then they're killing the branch. And that's not good for long-term health of the tree, obviously. So right now is a great time to use something like our Last Call product. Last Call is uh, an organic insecticide that is very good on larval stage bugs like the caterpillars. Uh, so things like your like the peach twig borer, the other peach uh, 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 tree borers that get into the trunk through the bottom. Uh, it's a great time to spray for those. Among other things, we'll get into that in just a second. Looks like we got Gary and Emmett uh, on the line. Gary, how can I help you today? Yes, uh, you were just talking about the last call, and I just bought some last call. Oh, awesome. And so I want to know uh, how safe it is, you know, on uh, like eggplant, for instance. Yeah. Uh, it's not like if you put seven on there, it's uh, more dangerous to the user than, <laughs> is it safer than seven? It's, it is uh, hands down safer than uh, any of those traditional chemicals that you would be using. Last call is actually a, uh, it's derived from a bacteria. So it's actually made from this bacteria and it's, uh, it is very specific to just bugs. It only has any kind of issues with bugs. So it has a very short day to harvest time. You can spray last call on your plant and harvest the exact same day. So it's very, very safe to use. And uh, you can use it in lots of different situations as well. Last call is great for your fruit trees, your vegetable garden. You can use it around the house. It's really good for earwigs, uh, among just about other things. It doesn't do anything for aphids. 
Um, aphids won't uh, be harmed by it at all, but it does a lot of good for a lot of other bugs, especially those caterpillars for some reason. Uh-huh. Similar to like BT. The- I don't know if you've ever used BT. BT is a bacillus thuringiensis. It's actually a bacteria, um, oh. and it only affects bugs. Um, and that's that's its only it's its only function. That's all it does. It might do some other things that I don't know. About. Uh-huh. But those okay. are both very safe products to use. Okay, well I'd be using it for that. Well, they call it the flea beetle or something. Um, they- yeah, it's, you know it. It's probably not going to be the most effective for flea beetles. I mean, you know, I'd have to look it up. Actually, I'd have to look at the label and see what it lists for. You know, it actually will because your flea beetles are going to have some sort of larval stage, which means it will do a great job on the larval stage. Probably not as much on the adults, uh, but for those in-between stages, you're going to get some control on those, which will effectively control the population of them going through the season. Earwigs? Very good for earwigs. Yeah, it's probably, I would say it's the best thing you can apply for earwigs. Okay. Uh now, I bought also this Bloom, Thrive Bloom. Now, what about it uh, helping the flowering of eggplants or mm-hmm. other vegetables? Yeah, that's its, that's its main purpose is to help. It's got that higher amount of phosphorus, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what phosphorus does in plants is it just promotes blooms. And mm-hmm. on your fruit, uh, your vegetables, more blooms, or I should say on, like, your tomatoes, your eggplants, any of your flowering plants, more phosphorus means more blooms, which means more fruit and, uh, and bigger fruit. Now, the one thing I would caution about with the Thrive Bloom, don't do that in the hotter part of the day. Apply that in the evening or in the morning when it's a little bit cooler, especially if you're applying it as a foliar spray, um, which I oh. believe it does come in. If, it's, if you're using the foliar spray, which is a good uh, application method, just apply it when it's on the cooler side of the day, not in the heat, hot part of the day. Okay, good advice. Okay, and I've got this concentrate bottle, so I'm assuming I would spray it on the um, foliage, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you can mix it up and spray it on the foliage. You can put it in the soil. It takes a lot longer to get into the plant through the soil, but um, you can do that. But, yeah, if you mix it up and spray it foliarly, (laughs) that's a fun word to say, if you spray it on the foliage, um, mm-hmm. It works very fast. You just, like I said, yeah, spray it in the evening and you'll be in good shape. Okay. Well, thanks for your help. Yeah, you oh. bet. Thanks for the call, Gary. Appreciate that. Looks like we got uh, another call from Doug in Meridian. Doug, how's it going? How can I help you today? Uh, I'm doing good, Nolan. I sent you a picture. Um, it looks like a. Uh, I cut it off the edge of my uh, lawn, mm. but I get that also in my and my grass, which I cut once a week, I sent you the information on that. Um, and I'll have you send me a, um, a response to that. Yeah, or, you bet. You know, you it's funny, Doug. I noticed um, I have a work computer. at. Uh, I've been working from home, and my work computer is a, a Macintosh uh computer and i believe that those pictures you're sending me are actually going to that computer in the messaging app (laughs) i was looking Uh at that the other day so i think that's where they are so i'm not seeing it here on my phone uh but i think that's where i think i saw them go into that uh the messaging app on my computer every now and then i message my wife from there and then 
we have a uh, communication issues because she starts texting my computer instead of me, my phone. So well, my phone's my phone doesn't like Androids right now. So ah, yeah. Um, and I notice it will go. It goes to you, and it doesn't have to do with the Androids. Yeah. But I also called you about the, the sprinkler, as you were saying. Um, what I I have five stations. One station's for 25 minutes, mm -hmm. which is a drip system, and the rest of them are like 10 minutes each each day, three days a week. Mm -hmm. For the lawn? Um, and or... For the lawns, yeah. yeah. What kind of uh, sprinklers so saying... do you have there? Are they the pop-up, like the fan type of sprayers, or they have? Uh, do you have yeah. the jet kind, you know, that shoots out? The pop they're the pop-up sprayer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so those ones you don't have to water quite as long. Those are a little bit closer. Like I would, you know, you I would give it a try, Doug, if you can. Try adjusting that sprinkler to about, you know, just try 30 minutes, but do that every other day. Just give that a try for for each um station? Yeah, for each each zone, lawn zone. Now, if it's in the shade, you might not need quite as much, but it's in the hotter part of the, you know, sunnier part, you might need a little bit more, but you know, try using that around a 30-minute mark and and try to just space it out a little bit further. And you can actually start working that lawn to where you can put more water out and then give it time to rest or dry out in between. Lawn'll look way better, it'll perform way better, and the soil will get saturated. And you'll have a stronger grass. It'll be able to deal with a lot of those issues that tend to show up. My my grass is real tall this year. Yeah, um, it's been I'm keeping it high, like Jim Zenzo was advertising. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a great it, a great one to do right now as well. That really helps conserve a lot of moisture as well. And I'm getting mushrooms on there, so I I know it's doing something. Yeah, and that's good or what? Yeah, you know, mushrooms aren't bad. Mushrooms are good. They just, you know, means the soil's got what it needs to, you know, support other life. And uh, you know, if you give it time to dry out in between waterings instead of watering, you know, every day or every other day, uh, if you give it time to dry out a little bit, they'll tend to go away a little bit faster. So, a lot of people see but, mushrooms this time of year and uh, you know, they they're not any they're not anything to worry about, but uh they'll, they'll tend to go away here um, once it warms up. And you're saying run do that thirty minutes how often? I start start doing it every other day. So like if you're gonna water say for thirty minutes today, you can skip Sunday and then water for thirty minutes again on Monday. And then what you can do is you kinda start working that lawn into getting used to that longer time, that time in between waterings. You can even go up to fifty minutes and do that every two days. So you could you know, water today, you could skip Sunday, Monday, water Tuesday. And that's typically what I do right. in my lawn is I'm only going to water, I'm going to water, say, I, we don't water today, uh, but we'll water on Sunday, and then I won't water again until Wednesday. Um, and then once it gets my, hot, my I water just... Goes on, my water goes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. Well, that's mornings. good. Well, that's, and that's good. That's, uh, that's a good way to go. Just increase that watering a little bit. Thanks for the call, Doug. Appreciate that. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be back for one more segment here in the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBY. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo. And if you're one of the thousands of people who planted a garden this year for the first time, congratulations. But as my dad used to say, you're not done yet. 
In fact, missing just a few days of watering your garden or not continuing to weed and feed your garden throughout the season can result in poor quality produce or no produce at all, making all that hard work you did for naught. That's why a visit to your neighborhood Zamzo's is such a good idea. We've been helping folks grow incredible gardens for 87 years, and we can show you what you should be doing in your garden right now, which not only includes applying the right amount of water, but also when to apply Zamzo's Thrive, how to apply Zamzo's Tomato Bloom and Pepper Popper to your tomatoes and peppers, and finally, show you how my new chicken soup for the soil can increase the quality and quantity of your fruits and vegetables. So if you planted a garden this year, good for you. Now make sure you continue to do what's good for your garden with help from us at Zamzo's. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. A Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and... Uh, Really happy to be here talking with you all again. I was out last weekend, but we're live in studio. We'll be in live in studio here for a few more weeks. I think I have a vacation up in the end of the month. So we're going to be around for a while. we got a lot of stuff going on. Heat's coming. Lots of things are changing. Lots of stuff to do out in the lawn and garden. If you have any questions, we certainly have time before the end of the show here to get some uh, questions in. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700. Or one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. So before uh, we had a few calls last uh, segment, I was talking about peach twig borers, and uh, last call, and actually had a customer call about last call, which is a lot of uh, the use of the word call. Uh, but there's some other things that you can use that product on right now. As I mentioned, the peach twig borer. There's also the other uh, peach tree borer. Um, I think they're two different things. I think there's two different borers. One gets into the twigs. One can get into the uh, into the trunk. I'll have to double check on that one. They might be the same one. I might be thinking of the same one. Uh, but that last call is a great one. And you want to start applying that now, and you're going to apply it about every 10 to 14 days, and you're going to do that uh, through at least July. You may need to, or until you harvest. And you want to do that because they can get into the fruit. They, if they get into the twigs, they can kill that branch. And if there's fruit on the end of it, then, well, they're going to end up killing that fruit too. So, Definitely want to start doing that now if you've got some peaches. It's a great way to just have a preventative spray on there, even if you don't know that they're there. It's a really good one to use. It's organic, very safe. Feel free to use it on your ed- any of your edibles, in the garden, on your fruit trees. Um, also, if you've got um, apples or pears, you should be starting to spray for your codling moss. Those are going to start showing up if they haven't already across the valley, and codling moss are very prolific. They're a very common pest. If you've got some of those fruit trees, you're going to want to start spraying them. And, again, you're going to spray that about every 10 to 14 days through uh, pretty much with codling moth, you want to spray till harvest, till you're harvesting those. In addition to spraying that last call, while you're out there, uh, you want to inspect the fruit because a lot of times, you know, the timing might not be quite right. You want to inspect the fruit for what they call the sting. It's going to look like a little um, circle, uh, 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 like uh, somebody, I don't know, poked it with a pen or something, you know, and just a little bit of a brown spot on the on the skin of the apple. And that's where the codling moth is actually coming out. So you want to spray for those. If you notice those stings, you want to Take that fruit out, throw it away. You don't want to keep it around because there could be a, a, another one in there, and you don't want those to grow up in that fruit. And uh, throwing it in the mulch pile, they're just going to grow out and uh, come right back if it's out in the mulch pile. So throw it in the trash, get it out of the area, respray 
with your last call, and you can keep those codling moths from taking all of your apples because you work really hard. You need to. You want to eat those. Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to heat is um, our garden right now. Um, you know, we're let's see, we're about uh, we're in June now, so we're about four or five weeks since we've planted. Usually, we're planting around that Mother's Day weekend or just before. Um, so we're about four or five weeks in there. And, uh, a lot of times during that kind of planting time, you know, your plants, your garden vegetables, they don't do a whole lot. A lot of times they're, they're, they tend to be kind of slow. They don't really push a lot of growth. You don't see a lot of stuff happening. And that's not the case for all of them, but particularly your tomatoes and your peppers, you know, you probably haven't noticed a lot of growth on them. And that's typically because it's cooler weather. So, as we warm up, those tomatoes and those peppers, they love the heat. And once it warms up, they are going to start taking off. They're going to want to start growing like crazy. So right now is a great time to feed them. You definitely want to get some, at least put some Thrive on there. Uh, but a good drink of Thrive right now will get that soil filled up with some good nutrients and it'll start to break down. And as they really grow and start to do their thing, they're going to have the food that they need to really start pushing that growth and going up there. If you haven't, if you didn't at the time of uh, planting, get your tomato cage around your tomatoes. Do that today. You don't want to wait on that any longer if because uh, the tomatoes, they're going to grow like crazy. And getting that tomato cage uh, on that tomato in a couple of weeks when it's really starting to grow is going to be a, a difficult process. You're going to probably break a branch or two, and you don't want to break any branches because some of those are going to have some tomatoes growing on them. So so get that tomato cage on there today if you haven't, and uh, give them a good drink of Thrive. They're going to enjoy it, and just give everything out in the garden a good drink of Thrive this weekend. Today's a great day to do it. It's warming up. The plants are going to be just they're thirsty. They're wanting to do something. And uh, also in the garden, you want to change up some of your watering as well. Now's a great time to put down, like if uh, you've got a mulching strategy, to start using some sort of mulch. You can use, uh, you can use something like grass clippings. You can use um, alfalfa hay. Those are both really good uh, mulches to put on. That'll help conserve moisture. Grass clippings are good because it will kind of hold some moisture down. They don't break down very quickly, so you, you don't really. It's not. It's not a great like. Uh, I would say like compost. You don't usually get to till that in very much, but that alfalfa hay just breaks down really well. does a ton of good stuff for the soil. It really helps a lot with your soil uh, microbiology and adds a, there's a, it adds a special thing that I can never remember the name of. So I always just call it the good stuff, the good stuff in hay, uh, but it's really good for the soil and it really helps block a lot of weed growth as well. So it really help you from, being out in the hot sun trying to pull up all those weeds and uh, and helps conserve moisture. And start to try to water for a longer amount of time and, again, give it some durations. Lots of your plants want to have some time where they get to dry out. They want, want to be constantly wet. So give them that time. Water real good and deep. Make sure you get the soil saturated a little bit of ways out from the plant as well because those roots can really spread out, and you want to have enough water for them all over the place. So... We are just about out of time. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great weekend, and uh, you get to enjoy your backyard this this weekend. Uh, really nice. And we will talk to you again next week here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI.
Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and you've probably heard your neighbors talk about Zamzo's lawn food. It outperforms national brands every time because we designed it specifically for Treasure Valley soils. But you may not have heard that Zamzo's also carries an entire line of biologically correct products for your lawn and garden that are also designed for our area and available only at Zamzo's. For the hot summer months, there's Zamzo's Humagreen, the amazing natural product for lawns that greens without excessive growth and helps conserve water. For your garden, there's Tomato Boom, Pepper Popper, and Chicken Soup for the Soil. These three products are best in class and they're only available at Zamzo's. There's also Zamzo's Thrive for all your trees and shrubs and Thrive Bloom to keep your flowers blooming all season long. There's even Zamzo's Pinaturf to help break up compacted Treasure Valley clay soils. So if you want a beautiful green lawn and a bountiful garden made that way with safe local products, come see us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including State Street in Northwest Boise across from the golf course.